1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 30 of the greatest crossover event ever, ever attended in the history of mankind. A partnership podcast presented to you by Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content and blogging the boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content. I am R.J. Ochoa from BTB. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from BGN. Brandon, as it is Volume 30, what is something that you wish you had 30 of right this moment? Pizzas. Whole pizzas, whole pies.
2: Yeah. Would you get them all same
1: flavor or di- no, thirty come different? On. 10, 10, 10, You know what would it be?
2: Um, I mean, ideally they'd be from different places, different styles, and everything. But assuming they have to be from one place, because that'd be a little too. I mean, that's just not mm-hmm. practical. Too much work. All. Yeah, right. Yeah, let's assume they're from the same place. Um, probably do a different, a good amount of different kinds. Uh, not like everyone different. Uh probably like you know some double pepperonis, but uh you know, like some pepperoni, buffalo chicken pizza, um you know, maybe like a all meat pizza, um yeah, what about you?
1: um, thirty of one thing I would probably say baked potatoes right now, I'm in the mood wow. for a, a baked potato, baked but no, but like um like a like a dread. have you ever had like like gone to a restaurant where they it's like they're baked potatoes like uh in college station I've only ever been to one in college station. there was a place called Potato shack. you ever been to this before no. So you get a potato, but you get, like, a protein. You get, like, some sort of meat, and obviously you get, like, butter and cheese. And if you're a sour sa- – I'm not a sour cream person, but sour cream, bacon bits, chives. I mean, you can you can put salsas, pico. It's ki- kind of like Chipotle, I guess, or Freebirds, okay. but with, with the main star being a potato, which is pretty cool.
2: I like that. Um, my grandfather was a fa- potato farmer, uh, so – little fun fact about me that you didn't mm-hmm. know rj uh <laughs> how do you know i didn't I know like, that what are you gonna do with the potatoes though like you can't eat them all at once you, so you're so gonna, and you, like, and you a, can
1: eat all the pizzas
2: at once i can but like pizza's a very easily like you know reusable kind of re- stick it in the refrigerator kind of deal and i can't 30 the pizza, of them
1: so you can't you can't put 30 of them and in... i'd
2: give them some away to friends too why wouldn't i give the
1: potatoes away to friends same logic holds i mean that's a little
2: bit, bit weird bit. it's and like I, here's a potato
1: I I have a much higher chance or likelihood of storing thirty potatoes than you do thirty pizzas because the boxes are going to take up so much room. You don't know how many fridges I have. I'll, actually, on the subject of this, um, a few months ago, my wife and I got a second fridge for our outside area. That's that's like you know we're going to be parents soon. You know what I mean? That's like a a what I've been told is like a graduation to dad level. The second fridge is a game changer. It's all exciting. Second fridge is frid- ex- exciting stuff. I. Agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the NFC's mixtape, something that a lot of people, frankly, look forward to every week, BLG. In our wildest imaginations, could you ever have anticipated that we would have people looking forward to this particular
2: show? Uh, I can imagine people being excited about listening to me. Yes, but about you, that is that is truly a shock. Yeah.
1: So uh, a few things to share with you. We remind you to leave a rating, write a review, and most importantly, subscribe to either the Blog and the Boys or Bleeding Green Nation podcast network, whatever place suits your particular fandom. If you're a Cowboys fan, obviously subscribe to Blog and the Boys, but whatever team you root for, make sure you go to the Opposing Teams podcast network, leave a rating, write a review. Five-star rating. All right, that's You know, not the rule, but you know, certainly something that we smile upon. And you can write whatever you want in the review. BLG, I have two reviews for you today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the first one is a five star review. The name is Joe's Lunch. Uh, So somebody who seemingly is also in the mood for either a pizza or a potato. Uh, Subject of the review NFC East mixtape is great. Hey, RJ, the Cowboys haven't been relevant in the playoffs since The Simpsons was good. I uh, mentioned this to John Stolness on BGN Radio, told you, said, I don't have a problem with people poking fun at the Cowboys drought. Just be creative about it. You know what I'm saying? Like enough with this. Oh, go pull out your VHSs. This I, I admire this. You know what I mean? You're 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 pulling at the strings of creativity. That's what I'm looking for. BLG. Uh, OK, I'm glad you'd like it. Uh, the next review comes to us from Mario Cap, who BLG, you and I both know very well from the SB Nation NFL show, where you can hear both BLG and I also subscribe to that show, leave a rating, write a review. Uh, you can hear us all throughout the week. RJ, I agree with BLG. I believe Dallas will win the Super Bowl. I feel good for Dak. <laughs> he is a great QB, and I am glad to see him have success. I hope you wrap up the first seed before week 18 so the Eagles can play Your backups. Mario Cap is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. How do you feel about this, BLG, that fellow Eagles fans are agreeing with what you said last week and that the Dallas Cowboys will win the Super Bowl?
2: Well, I will say... Mario Cap is a great reviewer because, mm-hmm. he, and he also provides an example for people. Like, if you left a review a long time ago, let's say, and you want to leave another one, you can do that. You can update mm-hmm. your review. You just leave a new review to go to the top of the feed. So definitely do that too. If you've already left one, you want to say something new and that we can read on the show. Uh, definitely do that. Um, to totally deflect from your question there, and now get back into it. Um, I think my strategy of saying the Cowboys are going we'll to win a Super Bowl is is working out just fine <laughs> for me so far. We will get to this. I have one last
1: thing to read to you, BLG. This I did not share with you. Uh, full disclosure to everyone, I did share the the reviews to BLG, so nothing he said there is authentically rehearsed at all. Uh, this BLG came to us from Twitter, twitter.com, BLG's on Twitter, Brandon Gowden. I am there at RGOchoa. Um I had had a tweet, you know how this happens sometimes, BLG, and the replies just kind of take off. And there's there's a whole, you know, conversation happening. Sometimes it lasts several days, people bickering or arguing over one thing or another. Um, and And, you know, talked about some officiating things, crowd stuff, whatever. Um, And an Eagles fan seemingly came in and was, you know, trying to be part of the party, the pizza potato party. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Austin, who is on Twitter at Hoppin, that's H-O-P-P-I-N underscore, says an Eagles fan on an Ochoa tweet. Yeah, you came to troll LMAO. Well, the author of the trolling, which was not you, uh, is a person by the display name of Hubs, but the Twitter handle of at underscore Hubs. That's H U B B Z. Replied and said this: "Brandon, nah, NFC East mixtape is legit. Little too <laughs> on the nose to be a Cowboys fan denying reality, though.
2: LOL. Nice. Love the organic discourse, R.J. Love love the community here that we have, uh, listeners. It's all." it's all family uh we want to be have you be part of the conversation and the community so we appreciate that uh so without further ado let's go ahead and get
1: into the nfc east as we do every single week we go in the order of divisional standings which means like we have for most of the season brandon uh we start with the dallas cowboys who were lambasted embarrassed humiliated (laughs) by the denver broncos after the blg curse was placed upon them um to give you a, a perspective, and BLG does a great job of of scouring the other ESPN Nation communities. So I'm sure you've seen some Cowboys fans kind of I don't know, maybe lying to themselves or trying to cope with this. Uh, the general take BLG of Cowboys fans is this was a needed loss, you know, and that's that's the hope, right? And, and this this hope is only validated if the Cowboys come out and play well against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. If they do, then you say, OK, you know what? That Broncos game, that was just the the, the cold, cold water on the face you needed. Cowboys maybe getting a little bit too big for their britches. They beat the Vikings on the road without Dak Prescott. We came in, we crowned them. BLG said they were going to win the Super Bowl, etc., cetera, et cetera. Dak Prescott looked very bad. Uh, everybody looked very bad. The only player, only players really who played well were Micah Parsons. Uh, Ironically, given that this was against the Denver Broncos who are responsible for Micah Parsons being a Cowboy, having drafted Patrick Sertan and Osa Adigizua, the Cowboys third round draft pick this year, one of their third rounders. Uh, He played fantastically as well. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's, no lipstick to put on this pig. Uh, this this was a tough pill to swallow. It was just kind of you've seen these games, you you've you've covered them, you know, where you just kind of know about halfway in, you know, we just gotta we just gotta grin it and bear it until this thing is over.
2: I think it's so rich that the team you just like have crushed maybe more than any other team on the SB Nation oh. NFL show this year, like especially the other team. A, a team that's not like, you know, like the Jags or, you know, a team that has actually like done a little bit of something and you're like, nope, they're frauds. This team sucks. They've no, you know, there's there's no merits here. Uh, and then the Cowboys just get crushed by that team. Like that is, that is very rich. You know how we were talking about like the Brandon Staley thing like yeah. last week? And now that you'll see all, like, this is like, it's like your version of but that. My personal.
1: Um, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so, so, but bLG's talking about on the aforementioned SB Nation NFL show. I have been very critical of the Denver Broncos this year. I've called them frauds. I, and this is what's upsetting about the loss. I maintain that they're frauds and you sure. know how fraudulent they are BLG is that Tim Patrick who had a nice game and who beat Trayvon Diggs, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer BLG. And when you win, you have every right in the world to talk crap, do it. I mean, rub, rub it in the, the team who you beat. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like make them feel. Bad about it, make them ache over the fact that they lost you. I'm totally down for that, but don't don't be unreasonable. And so Tim Patrick comes out after the game, BLG, and says the Cowboys going for it early on fourth down was disrespectful to us. Like what? And and then Vic Fonger, that this is I, I tweeted this out. This is the kind of game. That Broncos fans are gonna hold on to next year when when it's still when it's going bad, they're gonna say, Well, remember, remember we just need to play like that, like when we beat the Cowboys last year. this is a, a game that I f- I actually feel badly for Broncos fans is going to allow the culture of the way they play football to continue to thrive and fester because Vic Fangio is, is telling himself, see, dude, this whole conservative nature you got going on it works. All that fancy analytic stuff and going for it on fourth down, that's for the losers and the actual frauds. I'm the real winner. The Cowboys are losers because their smart ways of playing football didn't work and they should be embarrassed by that. But I still maintain that the Broncos have an improper way of doing this.
2: And because the Cowboys were wearing the red stripe, which uh, while wow, a cool I'm so
1: devastated that people are going to say it's cursed. Ugh.
2: I mean, it's like a cool idea and it's like a cool, like a theory thing. But I don't think it looks as good as uh, you think it does. And yeah, it's you. what, like the, it's the last two games before this one, uh, they were this, they lost. And also like, obviously they haven't beaten the Broncos since 1995, which is really crazy. I know it's an AFC team and they don't play as much, but still like it's the Broncos. They haven't been like, you know, this amazing team throughout all this time. So that's kind of funny. A weird little thing there. Um, I guess, like, if you're a Cowboys fan, you can kind of really cling on to that. Like, this is just one game. It doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot in the bigger picture because, you know, you look at the Bills losing to the Jags and all the other upsets this weekend and be like, you know, sometimes weird stuff happens. uh, And you kind of can't really explain it. It might not necessarily be a trend. But even if that is the case, like. It's Still, a really bad loss because this game at the end of the year could be the difference between the Cowboys getting the one seed or not, which is again very meaningful. So, uh, I, you can't just say, you know, like, it doesn't matter at all, even if the Cowboys bounce back and everything is fine from here. Like it's a big loss. Um, but uh, I don't know, it's weird because I was, I you know, I was not able to fully watch this game because I was, uh, you know, I was in the press box ahead of the Eagles game. And I slacked you during the game. And I was like, so what's the deal here? It's like, is Dak not looking healthy? Like, and you said, no, that wasn't it. You just said he's been bad. Yeah, and and on Bogdan the Boys, I believe you said, like, it might be his worst game ever.
1: Yeah, um it's up there. In fact, the the only two times he has played Denver have been really bad and there was that stretch in 2017 which included the the game we've talked about a lot, the the home loss to the Eagles. Um you you of course remember the game in Atlanta, the Jazz Green game. The Cowboys mm-hmm. played the Chargers on Thanksgiving that year. I mean, just that that run um, they failed to break double digits three games in a row that was the first time in Dallas Cowboys franchise history they went three straight games all scoring in the single digits and this was that man and like that was the I guess the like unnerving thing about this is you kind of thought you kept thinking okay this is it this is they're gonna snap together right now this is where it clicks and whatever and so the fact that that just didn't happen you know something I've talked a lot about in the aftermath of it you know at, at btB properties has been the 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 emotional Cowboys fan, which is every Cowboys fan that but that has been hurt before, this it, you can't help but wonder, is this the the first pull of the thread? You know like like you know your favorite shirt or hoodie or whatever and you have that first loose thread or that hole and you're like, oh no. You know what I mean? And then you're like, what what do I do here? Like I we're starting to see the beginning of the end, and so you can't help now. You're now you're talking yourself into like, well, they barely beat Minnesota, yeah, like Jack wasn't there, but you know, and and they barely beat New England, you know, right before the bye, you know, had to go to overtime. Like, are are we starting to see signs of something bigger, signs of something worse? Um, I I tend to agree with you though, or, or what you think, Cowboys fans think, uh, in that this is maybe not a one-off, but certainly an, a, a clear aberration. I did want to ask you, so we record this on Tuesdays, and, and we both write power rankings at our sites, um, which includes. Uh, how people around the media view the Cowboys and the Eagles, and the blurb from Yahoo Sports from their power rankings BLG, that I grabbed, um, they said that of all the contending losses this past weekend, you mentioned Buffalo, obviously the Rams lost to the Titans. Yahoo said that they felt that Dallas's was the the biggest fluke, or, or the flukiest rather, the, the I guess the most forgiving. Uh, maybe I, I'm curious. I was just curious for your thoughts on that because I didn't know how to think about it myself.
2: Hmm. I would say though, like, it's not like the Cowboys lost on like some kind of weird, you know, special teams plays or stuff. Well, I mean, there was a button in there, but like, that's not the only reason they lost. Like that wasn't like the sole old, defi- like the, the deciding factor in the game. Like they got their butts handed to them. Like they got, they got beaten down. Like that's well, what, I loss a would,
1: team. what loss would you have rather taken on? Like the Cowboys lost or the bills lost?
2: uh what you cut out there what did you say
1: what what loss would you ra- have rather taken on the cowboys lost? like who would you rather be today the cowboys or the bills like what what pieces would you be rather trying to pick up you
2: know i mean you could just say that the, the you know because of the quality opponent it's so bad but you know what they only lost by was it three ultimately to the jags like you That's know true. it's a close game like close games happen weird things happen obviously the like neither of them are great obviously you're you're picking um you know the best of the worst here. Um, My question for you, though, is like, what is your biggest concern moving forward out of this game, if anything?
1: It's that, you know, what we thought uh, was their Achilles heel really is, right? And I think, you know, this defense has been super opportunistic up through the bye, right? Trayvon Diggs had all the interceptions through the bye. It's something you and I have talked about has been how opportunistic they are, you know? And even the, the Trayvon Diggs pick six against New England really felt like, we, we gotta have it, you know. You know what I mean? Like we, we, you know, we're we're gonna hit on twenty, and we gotta have that ace. And they found it. Um, and so last or two weeks ago now against Minnesota, that was just kind of you know called the Kirk Cousinsness of it all. But that was just kind of well, the defense stepped up, and the offense just did enough. And so, but they didn't get any turnovers, and they won, and that was a really amazing thing. And, and credit to Cooper Rush and Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy and everything and like that. And so this is this is I think a terrifying hypothetical to consider what if you're not getting turnovers what if you're not getting those big time tackles for loss those those negative plays now you're back not totally but you're back in a place where your offense has to be elite to, to have a chance in those games. And obviously if your offense is absent, like it was against Denver, you definitely don't have a chance, but you know, the pressure was on the offense. And so I don't think there's a blueprint. I hate that conversation. Um, But that's, that's the fear is that this, this defense is now regressing to the mean, which made sense. You know, they were never just gonna, you know, have all these amazing things continue to happen week by week, by week, by week. But, um, but that's the fear I think is that they're, they're stabilizing to just becoming average. And we've said many times Cowboys fans have, if this defense, average they could be really good but that that offense has to be there for that overall picture to work
2: yeah i mean like there's no perfect roster in the nfl there's no perfect team you know without weaknesses everyone's gonna have their own issues and uh and a league with so much parity you know there's gonna be games that just aren't your week and i think that's like a good chunk of what the cowboys here like what happened here um like i'm not ready to move off the super bowl thing which first of all because it's working to my favor right now. Second of all, because but in the series, like serious kind of part of it, like I don't I don't think this loss means they can't win the Super Bowl now. Like, I think that's too that's too much to say. I think it again hurts their chances of doing that just because of the one seed, but it's not uh disqualifying to me.
1: They did benefit, obviously, from the fact that the Packers lost. Um, The Rams losing is helpful. You certainly want to see them continue to lose, but um, considering the Rams might be playing for the wild card at this point now with Arizona distancing themselves, it's it's not as helpful as a Packers loss, but still nice to see nonetheless. Cowboys have two losses, just like Green Bay, just like Tampa Bay, so we'll see how the rest of the season continues to unfold. I start our Eagles chat with this, BLG. I believe the Broncos are such big frauds, they are going to get blasted by the Eagles this week. I'm saying it right now, taking the Eagles to win handily. I don't know what our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook have as the opening line here. I know you know off the top of your head, but I will take the Eagles, whatever it is. I don't care, sight unseen, because the Broncos are frauds and they are going to feel themselves all week long and they're going to run into an Eagles team that almost gave us the narrative that we were looking for by beating the Los Angeles Chargers. Devontae Smith, congratulations on having as many touchdowns this season as Trayvon Dix
2: yeah so i think Devonte smith would be having an amazing year rj like i said on the podcast if he had a quarterback who would throw the ball to him and if the eagles actually ran a normal passing offense which they're not doing anymore because the quarterback is limited and i know uh like people want to say Jalen Hurts had this great game against the Chargers and I will not disagree that he came up big in some really big spots he had two touchdown drives the final Eagles final two scoring drives before they got the ball back when the game was basically over with like two seconds left to play um and Hurts came up really big on those he made some good throws to Devante he scrambled on uh third downs to get uh really big conversions when the Chargers like the Chargers didn't have an answer for that so like his mobility absolutely has really big value but jalen hurts himself rj after the game in his press conference talked about how like it's the two misplays that really stuck out and that's something i said earlier this year it was actually during the panthers game that like the way jalen hurts struggles isn't like the way let's just say a quarterback who's much worse than him but just just to give this example like nathan peterman who's like throwing like a ton of picks and it's like oh, oh this guy like stinks jalen hurts doesn't struggle like that but it doesn't mean he doesn't have struggles in that like okay he's good at avoiding like the really bad turnovers or whatever, but he leaves plays on the field. And that's a big issue because when you have Dallas Goddard wide open for at least a field goal, maybe a touchdown and you miss them, and then later in the game, when you have Devontae Smith wide open in the end zone and you're like backpedaling for like no good reason at all because there was no pressure on him, he thought there was going to be a blitz, which is why he started to drift. But like you missed that throw, and that's at least seven points left on the board, maybe 11. And then you lose by three points in the end. Like those are really big missed opportunities like that. You can't just be like, oh, you know, it's a one play or two plays. Like that, that doesn't, that's, the, the margin. For winning and losing in the NFL is razor thin. You have to have those plays. And and again, these are not like insane throws that you're asking the quarterback to make. Like these are makeable throws. Um, So I think it's kind of tough from that perspective. Um, Looking at the line here from our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook RJ, which as you know, uh, if you listen to the SB Nation NFL show, you know there's a promo code SBNNFL for a special offer. Um, The Eagles are three-point underdogs on the road in Denver, um, I don't know about blowing the, the the Broncos out. I think the Eagles might be able to win, but I think that's a little bit much to say. They're, they're winning. Gonna... They're winning by double digits. That's my contention. Why? Why? Why do because, you feel good about the Eagles?
1: Because I the Broncos are are that big of frauds. Like that's that's the genesis of my take. To be very clear here, but um, I I, I don't like I. I still maintain. I've maintained since day one of this season, uh, since the origins of the NFC's mixtape, 29 volumes ago. BLG, that the Eagles are the second best team in the division. Um, well, I, I not have actually. I, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but but still, I think they're better than. And I've I've long thought they're better than Washington and New York, um, which really puts in perspective how much I've not thought of Washington. Which again goes back mm. to the very beginning here. Um, and so whatever, but um, I I think. I mean, they're just they're they're less like they're such a an average team. Like that's their their ceiling is like the thirteenth best team in the NFL. You know what I mean? And and but their floor is like the twenty second best team in the NFL. You know, like they never like bottom out. I mean, I don't, I, I, don't think. I know, like the loss to Dallas was bad, but I mean, like they were in this game, and they were in this game against a team that you know you believe in um, a lot, and, and I'm a little worried about the Chargers. This isn't the AFC, this isn't the AFC West mixtape, but the fact that they couldn't beat this team with authority is a little bit troubling. But you know, that is what it is. Um, I mean, I think that there's a, a massive gap between the Chargers and the Broncos. And so, like, this is admittedly, like, 30,000-foot, you know, level analysis. But the fact that the Eagles could go toe-to-toe with the Chargers, I think they're going to wipe the floor with the Broncos.
2: Mm, I don't know. So, basically, again, kind of what I was touching on there with Hurts, who I feel like I have to qualify this every time I talk about him. I do not, like, hate Jalen Hurts. I just don't think... <laughs> I think mm, the ceiling is not tapped. True. I think that that's not true. Steer, I think the Eagles are telling you that, though if the Eagles are telling you we have to be a run heavy offense, right after knowing what you know about the Eagles, which is like, they really don't want to be that they're not like this old school organization. Like they want to be on the forefront of analytics and everything. I think Jeffrey Lurie has literally said before, like he's like quote, like obsessed with an elite passing offense or like having that. Um, and the Eagles very much don't have that right now. And I think to Nick Sirianni's credit, your boy RJ, Nick Sirianni, Um, I, I think he deserves. Okay. Well, I, let me first think, no, no, go deserves, on. I think he deserves a lot of credit for adjusting the offense to the run and it's working and the Eagles are have, they're like playing their most offense or uh, efficient offense this year. They're actually number one in EPA per play the last two weeks. Now they played the lions in there. So that helps, but still um, continuing that against the chargers is good. And you know, they're running the ball on everything, but it's just like, I think everyone has to know this this isn't gonna last. Like this is not like how you build sustainable championship offense in the NFL. It's like having a quarterback who only throws the ball like fourteen times like he did in Denver or sorry, Detroit last week, and then 17 times against the Chargers. Like I just don't think that's really the way you win in the long term. It's the way the Eagles can win in the short term, but the long term goal, I don't I don't really think that's it. I
1: agree with that. Like, if your offensive philosophy is just to tread water and not allow your quarterback to make a huge mistake, like, you're, you're only going to beat the really bad teams. And I, right. I just happen to think that Denver is a really bad team. So we'll see about that. But um, in that sense, you're right. I think Nick Sirianni deserves some credit. I mean, you know, is he, wor- is he the worst head coach in the NFL? No. Is he the goofiest one? Maybe. But, I mean, he is, you know, I, I think all things considered, doing a really good job contextually like relative to expectation relative to what he's working with relative to what he's not working with I mean yeah I, I, I mean Miles Sanders is out you know what I mean like that's that's
2: noteworthy but is it a benefit because Jordan Howard and Boston Scott are like doing just fine <laughs> like they're running uh-huh. hard in there and obviously you know Miles Sanders didn't necessarily have the full benefit of the Eagles committing to the run right uh, before which, like which they is did. a
1: sore point as I understand
2: well, I mean, uh, apparently uh, he was fired up last week when the Eagles, I mean, Nick Sirianni said he he texted, uh, Miles Sanders texted him, quote, hell yeah, coach, or whatever, <laughs> uh, seeing the run. Uh, but I want to flip it over to the defense, RJ, because this is, I don't know if you saw this stat. Uh, this comes from Tim McManus of ESPN. It's just an insane stat. Justin Herbert is the fifth quarterback to complete 80-plus percent of passes against the Eagles this season. Between 1950 to 2020, 70 years, the Eagles allowed just six quarterbacks to complete 80 plus percent of their throws. So, 70 years, six quarterbacks. One season, nine games, even. five quarterbacks. <laughs> that's that's so insane. Um, does does it make
1: you <laughs> feel better uh, that you haven't? So, like, if that is tied, what does that say? Like, it, I mean, it already said it's. But uh, we're already at that point. Um, it's gonna that, happen that's tough dude that's that's tough cookies this are we at? like maybe you, you've been maybe you've been at this point but like not along those lines but along those lines are, like is the Darius Slay trade a failure like is it already like are we ready to like fully commit to this you know decision or is the jury still out you know because like the, I, that's I feel like the Eagles defense is just a mess of figuring it out constant like I like I don't even know who to fear there anymore you know what I'm saying like it's it's just it's it
2: it just is what it is Oh, I think that's a really illuminating uh, comment by you because I think, um, you know, it should be Fletcher Cox, right? Who I think you had underrated, whatever, in our thing. And I said he was the most, or, or at least he should be more closer to most overrated. And he, he Fletcher Cox, dude, I think he has like two sacks in his last 12 games. Or, yeah, like, but he or had an
1: Instagram post saying Philly forever. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you judge really who the hero is here.
2: That is such a disaster for the Eagles to like not. So sometimes again, kind of like what I just said about Jalen Hurts, it's about like the plays you don't make, it's about the decisions you don't make. Like like it's not as egregious because like Fletcher Cox is here and people like Fletcher Cox, but the Eagles like restructuring his contract this offseason for really like no good reason and making it so that they couldn't move on from him this season, like at the trade deadline realistically like that's a big mistake because it looks like he's he's not getting any better. He's only declining and now they're probably going to move on from him in the offseason because they were trying to move him at the deadline but again it's the money wasn't really going to work out especially for what the Eagles wanted to get in return for him and that's a bigger issue. Uh just the Eagles like overvaluing their own players. And um the defensive line had a really bad game against the Chargers. Uh RJ zero sacks, zero quarterback hits, zero tackles for loss. Like this is defensive line where a lot of resources have been poured into it and there's a lot of uh ire for jonathan gannon Eagles defensive coordinator and understandably so after i just read you that historical context stat of quarterbacks completing 80 plus percent of their passes against the eagles but like it's not all him i mean the defense doesn't have talent like you just said it like who are you really scared of on this defense who's going to really step up and make a play like jayvon hargrave is having like this all pro not just pro bowl all pro kind of season first few weeks. I don't think he's had a sack the last like three or four games. He's been dealing with his shoulder injury. So maybe that's kind of hampering him, but like, okay. And, and now Darius Slay is banged up. I don't, I don't think the Slay trade was great. I don't think it's the only reason the Eagles defense is bad. Um, he's been playing better this year. I think part of that though, is the scheme, which plays way far off and doesn't allow big plays. Um, I just think part of the issue too, is like poor drafting. When was the, mm-hmm. RJ, you know, the Eagles, when was the last time? Like who was the best player they've drafted on defense? Like in whatever mm. amount of time, like Fletcher Cox, and then, and then who like, um, are you like shaking your boots at Josh Sweat? I, mean, I think Josh is like a nice pick in the fourth round, but like you're not like I, terrified of him. I really am asking, I, I, you know,
1: so this isn't a troll. Was Derek Barnett not the person who caused the Tom Brady fumble at the end of
2: Super Bowl Fifty Two? Uh Brandon Graham is the one who uh, like. I'm sorry, him. but Derek, but Barnett, Derek he, had
1: a moment, did he not? Derek Barnett well, had a moment. He picked in it
2: game. up, but like, like it bounced into his hands. Like, this isn't like, it's not
1: like okay. no one could have made this play. <laughs> so Again, like my point is like, and I'm, I'm admittedly reaching here to answer your question, but like, that's the answer. Right. You know, um, I mean, that, and that's Derek it. Barnett,
2: by the way, had a, huge penalty in this game when I believe that it was like early in the fourth quarter or so when the, the Eagles had a one point lead on the chargers and it was a third and six and it's like, you know, kind of into a range where uh, the chargers have to make the decision. Like if the Eagles get to stop here, like they either have to do a, a like a short punt or, you know, like a long field goal or, or you go for it. Like it's in that kind of no man's land and Derek Barnett, really dumb penalty. Like he's had a bunch this year, including one against the Cowboys in the Cowboys game where Nick Sirianni was caught saying like, it's always him. Derek Barnett, your first round pick from 2017, uh, just a really devastating penalty that turned third and six into third and one. And then the, the charters just snuck it with Herbert and then they ended up scoring a touchdown. So, yeah. So the guy you pointed to is like <laughs> not a, not a
1: positive value player. It, it will be interesting. This will be our first draft that, where the mixtape exists, but like, and so it'll be interesting to kind of talk about this in that sense, but like it it's like, I'm not saying there's a, a foolproof NFL draft strategy because there's not, but sometimes it's like, just take the guy, take the baller. You know what I mean? Take, take Micah Parsons, take the guy who's, who falls to you. Don't try to get cute. Cause somebody who I was scared of for like the thought of at least was their second round draft pick that year in Sydney Jones when it was like, Oh, they're trying to like go the Jalen Smith route here, pull this off, et cetera. It's like, when you're trying to get cute, when you're trying to like really pull off something heroic, like that generally doesn't work out for you. You know what I mean? Like, especially with high priced assets, like, like a second round pick.
2: You mean like taking like Jalen Rager for example over Justin so, Jefferson?
1: <laughs> well, so you brought up uh, a stat. I want to bring up one that actually was connected to speaking of your Twitter account. Uh, my man BLG tweeted this week: Jalen Rager is at seven point six yards per reception this season. That is one hundred and forty fourth out of one hundred and fifty nine qualified players dead last out of all qualified wide receivers. Now, not to take credit away from you, BLG, but the best tweet here was a response to your tweet. All credit to the Phantom Stole booth, uh, whose actual handle is very difficult uh, to say. It's like... Joy's yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but anyway, the response says this. Um, <laughs> here's my favorite Rager stat, and I repeat it often, but at my age, that's what you do. In his first game in the first quarter, He caught a 55-yard pass. He has never topped that total in any game since.
2: He has gone nine (laughs) straight games without a reception of 25 yards, at least 25 yards. Like, this is a first-round pick we're talking about. And people want to be like, oh, legals aren't using him right. Because they're like, what are are we talking about? Like, maybe they're not sending him deep or whatever because he can't get open, because he's definitely demonstrated that he can't get open. Like, I, 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 you know... you have to look at what I just said about Devonte Smith earlier, and like give Jalen Rager some grace in that the quarterback, you know, it's not like you have the best, you know, high volume passing quarterback nah, right now on the y- team. You know but, like, enough about Jalen Rager at this point. Yeah, you could be doing more than this. Like, look at Devonte Smith and John Solis. You know, our good friend, right, wrote a perfect. Uh, he wrote a post about that, which illustrates that example. Like, you can't just be like, well, the wide receivers have no chance at all, and it's all only the quarterback being, you know, limited. It's their fault. No, like. Like, I, I do believe, you know, again, Hertz is limiting, like, some of the wide receiver production, absolutely, and so is having to go to a run-heavy offense. But, again, like, for Jalen Rager to be this non-impactful, like, that's devastating. Like, like it's not just like, oh, that's a mistake that the front office made, but you kind of, like, whatever, it's just one decision. No, that's, like, crippling. Taking Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson is, like, a it's a crippling decision, like, to go – you know through that game and I know the offense was fine it wasn't like they lost it wasn't like the Eagles lost to the Chargers because of Jalen Raker but like to get just look at the Eagles last couple first round picks RJ and can like contrast it to like getting having CD lame on your team right? like what the Cowboys have done with their first round picks like the Eagles are drafting 2016 Carson Wentz not on the team anymore they got a first round pick from the Colts room okay Twenty seventeen, Derek Barnett, not gonna be here after this year. In addition to all the dumb penalties, I think he has like one sack in his last thirteen games or fourteen games or so, or like two, like great, no impact. Twenty eighteen, they didn't have a first round pick. They traded back to get Dallas Goddard. We're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna include that in this. Uh twenty nineteen, Andre Dillard, he's a backup left tackle right now on the team. Well, first round and, pick. And
1: and they got all sorts of, you know, pomp and circumstance that night for like fleecing the Texans yeah. and whatever. Uh, would you rather have Tyus Bowser right now than Andrew Dillard? Um, I don't know. But the, the fact that it's even a question though, is de- yeah. the, the depressing thing. Um, and then 2020, you mentioned it, obviously. Um, my yeah, question, right. yep. spe- speaking of pomp and circumstance, I was going to say bouquets of flowers. What was up with the bouquet of flowers that was literally thrown at Nick Sirianni at the end of this game? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so stats asked me about this too um i'm laughing because like you just asked me about it as well i mean it's not like a laughing matter in a sense like don't like can we not do that like fans like it's just it's, it's dumb it's not really funny uh it might be funny like you're holding it in the stands like you're like kind of like you know taunting it whatever like you, you can do that but like you can't throw stuff at people yeah it's don't throw basic. anything just, just don't do it like it's like I hate that we like, how do I have to say this? Like, it's just like, you just don't do it. It's like, don't throw something. It could hurt someone like, and honestly, like the thing I said, the stats is like, Sirianni didn't even have a bad game. He had like one of his better games this season, especially maybe his best performance in the loss all season long. Like, don't throw stuff at him. Like that doesn't need to happen. Um, I do want to bring up BLG
1: because I was wrong about something Um, that I in no way ever anticipated being wrong about. I'm looking for the tweet. Maybe you can find it uh, while I stall, but somebody sent you and I a tweet of Nick mm. Sirianni um, with his very specifically placed, very purposefully placed highlighter on his visor while he yeah. was not with the Chargers. Philadelphia Eagles. It was, yeah. So even before his days with the Colts. Um, so I don't know if you found the tweet by now. I know you've been hunting it down. I, I, I think I owe Nick Sirianni an apology because I was saying wow. he, he was doing this to, you know, like rile Because, you know, and... Actually, I'm going to blame you because you were the one that was like, he's wearing all these T-shirts. He's trying to endear himself to the fans. That fed my theory. You gave birth to it. You are actually Dr. Frankenstein. I am simply the result of what you created here. Uh, Nick Sirianni, I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. You know, I, I was wrong here. I thought it was a, a thing he he brought up. You know, he's he's been this way for a long time. What can you say?
2: I'm surprised you didn't double down and be like, this is in his, you know, plan the whole time. Oh, he was, well, this un- is a little- Unlike
1: you, I don't double down on bad takes just <laughs> to stay right. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. Um, um, but okay, uh, I have something that I think will make you smile, BLG. But before I give it to you, we have to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape BLG. You left the room uh, during the break. What did you do? Why are you lying to the listeners? <laughs> uh, you know, you, you would think that just once you would. you would I be never lie the to the listeners.
2: <laughs> RJ lies to the listeners. Let's just, you know, let that be known right now.
1: Uh, you do lie in caping for this season of Survivor. Just embarrassing. We also got some tweets, BLG, <laughs> from people saying BLG needs to, needs to fess up. This season sucks. You're dying on this hill all by Who yourself. said that?
2: Who said I, that?
1: That I will find. I will look for this tweet. While I you, didn't
2: see that. I believe uh, you saw it. If you're telling me, I don't know, though. Actually, you did lie. Um, I will give you the benefit of the doubt, but it doesn't. And honestly, no one is going to be able to convince me. Like, I'm having fun. Like, I keep saying this. And last week's episode was I was about to have, like, a heart attack during Tribal Council. No spoilers. Not going to spoil it for in case anyone's behind or whatever. But it was really exciting. And none of this is the point. Because what was the gift that you had to give me anyway? The gift? What are you talking yeah, you about? You oh, said you were going get- to give me a gift before we went to break. I'm getting there. Or a surprise.
1: I'll get to that in a moment. But before I do, BLG, I have found the tweet. This comes to us from Steve, who is on Twitter at Chyla Ombre. Did not mention you, but I did tag you in a reply. Uh, and you ignored it. So this is really embarrassing for you as a whole. Uh, but the tweet reads, verbatim, at RGO listening to the NFC's mixtape in parentheses, BLG. Great show. But... I have to let you know, I 100% agree. This season of Survivor is, Steve's word choice, not mine, horrific. My wife and I watched the first 35 to 40 minutes of episode one and couldn't even keep going. Hashtag make Survivor great again. BLG, it's embarrassing that you're dying on this hill, dude. You don't have to. You can just, you can still like the show and admit that this season sucks.
2: I'm not saying other people have to enjoy it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I'm not like preaching the gospel.
1: Then your your ability to analyze Survivor is questionable in my mind
2: if you really are enjoying it. It's, um, not, nope. anal- it's not just about analyzing, it's about like watching it. It's it's, it's entertainment. It's not like, ev- not everything has to be like, anal- it's, so for me, like what we do, RJ, with football and everything, that is like analyzing and everything. That's not just entertainment for a lot of people it's just entertainment so when it comes to survivor for me you know i listen to the podcast and stuff like shout out to rob Sesternino. rob has a podcast uh and i have fun with that but it's more for fun to me it's not supposed to be like it's not supposed to stress Mm. me out. i don't i have enough stressful things going on i don't need i don't need Mm. more like conflict and like negativity especially when the eagles are bad rj i don't want like something i have to like criticize i just want to turn my brain off and just watch it and enjoy it and i'm having fun and that's a lot
1: i like a lot Along those lines, before I give you your gift, um, I mentioned on the look-ahead last week with Rob Statsquare that I had already started listening to Christmas music, and I think you'll agree with this. When your team is good, this is the best time of year. You know what I'm saying? Like, like everything feels good. And granted, this is a tough week to have this take on the Cowboys, but, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I just, I just want to enjoy the goodness. You know what I mean? So, like, that's where the Christmas music take comes from for me. I'm not going to even allow you to respond. My gift for you, BLG, as we segue to the New York football Giants who got to win this past week over the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, obviously a tough week for Vegas. Um, this BLG is a post on the New York Giants subreddit. The title of the post is delusional Giants fan post. Can we actually make the playoffs? Um, I, I will give you the spark notes version here. Uh, it says, so while this season has been very frustrating for many ends, the delusional fan in me is looking at what we have going for us. First, our defense is getting and shutting down teams. Two, after the bye, we should be a lot more helpfully or a lot more healthy, excuse me. Uh, three, when looking at the remaining strength of schedule for all of the other three and six teams, the Giants have the second easiest strength of schedule with the Eagles being the first. But even then, we control those. If we win those, then we are in. With that said of mine, or with that said, a friend of mine said I sound like a Mets fan. He said it's more likely that we beat Tampa Bay and go on to lose to the Eagles. But being delusional. I could see us going six and two or five and three and possibly making it in the
2: playoffs. Um, no, <laughs> probably not. But I mean, possible from a standpoint of uh, mathematics. That, well, this seventh seed in the NFC is probably going to suck. Like, no matter like, who it is, like, it's not going to be a great team. Like, the Falcons are currently in the seventh spot at four and four Falcons team that got blown out by the Eagles. And again, their wins have only been over like, uh, Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones and, uh, Tua. And then, uh, but but every team in that mix, like
1: every team with four or three or four wins, we'll, we'll put it, uh, Atlanta's at four and four Carolina's at four and five, Minnesota, Seattle, San Francisco Mm -hmm. are all three and five Philadelphia and New York are three and six. I would venture to say that of all of the teams that I just named, the New York Giants are the worst.
2: And maybe Um, some of those teams are not like, you know, amazingly better. It's kind of like a big mix of, you know, middle. Um, It's not impossible that they could emerge from that in group. I don't, again, I don't think it's likely, Um, especially the Seahawks in there. They seem like a pretty decent bet to bounce back, assuming Russ is healthy and things click for them. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't really know that this Giants win means a whole lot. I think people want it to mean a lot because he's like, oh, we lost to the Chiefs. We kept it close. So now we beat the Raiders. I like, I have a really, like we said last time, like previewing this game, or at least I said, I have a really hard time like analyzing this because, you know, I saw how kind of um, shaken up or distracted, whatever you want to call it, Devontae Smith was. And obviously he produced on the field. He was actually PFF's number one wide receiver in week nine and had a good game on the field. Uh, against the Chargers, but like you could tell, like personally, he was very impacted by that because um, that was a guy who was like a brother to him. Um, so kind of like seeing that in person, just like you know, shaken kind of off the field and everything. I can only imagine how the Raiders as a team, you know, kind of felt with that. Uh, and then obviously there was the Demon Arnett stuff too. Not comparing that, but just like there's like just right. a lot of like moving parts kind of going on with the Raiders and not every. And then you know, obviously it's still like the aftermath of the head coach being gone in the middle seat. The, like there's just a lot going on with the Raiders. So like I don't know fully like how to analyze and what this means and and look, Giants only scored 16 points in this game, RJ. Like they got a defensive touchdown, they won by a touchdown. Like <laughs> I don't think this means the Giants are about to go on a run when they're still like you know have a lot of offensive issues. Oh, well, it's kind of funny. Um, is their offense better without Saquon? Maybe get De- 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 Devontae Booker number one, RB one. I I mean I don't know. Um,
1: like like there were a lot of. Broncos people like is this team better without Von Miller you know what I mean like I just (laughs) their offense is is stupid you know like that's the only word I can think of Um, I saw this tweet uh, flying around Uh, Zach Rosenblatt who covers the Giants uh, for New Jersey Advanced Media tweeted this out BLG the Giants are the only team in the NFL that hasn't scored 30 offensive points in a game since the start of the 2020 season Woof. That That's is pretty terrible. Literally the entire tenure of Jason
2: Garrett as being their offensive coordinator. Yeah. So hard to draw a lot of meaning, I think, out of this. It's like if hey, if the Giants offense came alive in this game and they like, you know.
1: But when uh, when was when was the last time it came alive? Like, well, like no, yeah. you but you asked the question like what who was the last like Eagles defensive draft pick I was scared of. Like when was the last time you were like, holy crap? Like we got it, like Odell, like Peak Odell, maybe? I guess, yeah. I mean, and by the way, uh he should we should be, given the time we're recording, finding out momentarily BLGS in live wow. time here, uh, who claimed him. So we'll certainly uh, you know toss that in here when it comes out. I but, don't think it's gonna be an NFC East team. I don't either, but he's a former NFC East player, you know what I mean? And and I mean and and that goes back. I was going to mention that on the Jalen Rager thing. Like if Odell could produce with Eli, like if Terry McLaurin can produce with what he has, like Jalen Rager, like spare me the like you know quarter. I know you're, that's not your
2: your thing, Pe- but people cannot accept. This is like a general take. Like people cannot accept players are bad. People can accept coaches are bad. People you, you've been on this train for a while. Yeah, are bad. I just need to say it again. Like it's just amazing to me. It's just like the coach is always to blame. The players never to blame. The players great. Um, it's just it's wild to me. Um. So did like, you're right. I mean, you
1: mentioned about the game, but like, were our opinions moved or pushed or, you know, in any direction when it comes to the Giants? Do we think they're even 1% better than we thought they were at this time last week? I mean, I think, you know, like what what happened and has been happening with the Raiders is, is tragic and, and there's a lot of non-football stuff there. But I do think you have to give the Giants credit for, for, for executing. I mean, at sure. the very least, I mean, the, like the bare minimum they did.
2: And then we talked about, too, how it was a tough spot for them, just with the rest disadvantage. Like the Raiders coming off the bye. Giants coming off Monday Night Football. So, yeah, I'm not trying to – like, this is a good win for them. Like, no no bones about it. But I just don't know what it means. You know, I don't think it's super meaningful moving forward. Like, Daniel Jones, 15 to 20 for 110 yards. Okay? Like, this is your formula. You're just going to run the ball. Uh, you're going to have Devontae Booker carry the offense. He so had 21 for 100, or 99, almost 100. Um, like, I don't know, man. Uh, I think this is just, like a one-off kind of game uh, quality win for them, a fine win, but like they get like, what do are they going to do here? That, though? Because
1: like, you don't have to move a lot of goalposts to say they should have won in Kansas city. You know what I mean? So like, again, like th- they are what they are, but like they could, I would say easily, but they could easily be four and five. You know, like I mean, are they maybe like a hair better than maybe. we're willing to say?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're like, you know, they're not the the Texans. They're not, the lions like they they can win some games more than very few uh looking at their next like their schedule here they have a bye um and then uh, they're back
1: on monday night football baby
2: yeah which is again why why do we keep doing this weird like double prime time game thing in the span of multiple weeks i don't Um, know if the nfl does this and this is happening again this week and and like you can
1: almost set your watch by it Sunday night football for a team and then they immediately play on Monday night football the week after that happens all the time. It's happening with the Rams this week.
2: I saw uh, today. I think um, Mike Clay from ESPN, tweeted out the end of Washington's schedule this year, which we've already talked oh, about a lot. Man. But just seeing it again looks so stupid. Cowboys, <laughs> Eagles, or Cowboys, or yeah, oh, sorry, it was what? It's Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys. Or something. Yeah. No, I th- I think I think you have it flipped. Yeah, Cow- it's
1: uh, I have it right Cow- here. It's, it's Cowboys, uh, Eagles,
2: Cowboys, Eagles. No. To
1: be to be clear though, it's Dallas at Philly at Dallas, Philly. So home okay. against Cowboys, and then two, both roads, and then home against the Eagles.
2: It just looks like a mistake when you look at it. You're like, wait, is this is like, what's wrong with the graphic here? Is this like an error? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so the Giants return from their bye to play the reigning Super Bowl champions in Tampa. Um, so, like, you know, are they about to go on some kind of winning streak here? I, I don't think so. Um, we'll obviously
1: talk about them next week with uh, with the bye week, you know, being here. Um, yeah, one of the worst teams, man. Just, like, gross. I mean, uh, and speaking of, as I stall and wait for the Odell news, um, but Washington on their bye this past week. I don't have any hope for them. I mean, I don't want to have any hope for them, but, uh, but they return to face Tampa themselves. Yep. So, you know, like, dude, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what, like, what, like, I hate this actually. Like, and this is a different thing, like, to get on my soapbox. Like, the Cowboys played the Vikings when both teams were coming off of their bye. Either do that for every team where every team gets to play another team yeah. coming off of their bye, or don't do it for any team. Because what's unfair is some teams have advantages coming off their by. We talked about that, you know, the Giants were on the wrong end of, you know, this with against the Raiders. Raiders coming off their by, Giants on Monday night football. You can't do that. Like, you you have to have equality in this sense. And so, you know, like, this is stupid that the Tampa, for example, coming off their by gets to play a Washington team coming off their by. And then the very next week, they have to play a Giants team coming off their by. Tampa has to play two teams in a row coming off their by.
2: Not so that they understand.
1: need any like tears for them, but you know, just yeah. just saying. But did, does Washington stand any sort of chance?
2: Uh, no. I mean, what's what's their formula for victory? They're gonna they're gonna run the they're ball. gonna sack Tom Brady and know.
1: and have a strip sack fumble that they return for a touchdown twice. That's like like that's what it would you would have to have that like fourteen point swing.
2: Yeah, you know I don't I mean? know like, that the bye necessarily did Washington a ton of wonders as much as it really did for the Bucs. Speaking of. The NFC playoff picture as a whole, I mean, you know, for the Bucs to be able to see the Rams lose and the Packers lose and the Cowboys lose, pretty good for them. Uh, Obviously, the Cardinals won, so not a perfect kind of thing, but but good for them. And now they get to play two NFC East teams, and they are well primed to sweep the NFC East this year, because as you know, they've already beaten the Cowboys and the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers,
1: according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, are nine point favorites over the Washington football team. And I know we mentioned the line on Philadelphia, but just for full context, Dallas Mm. is also a nine point favorite against the Atlanta Falcons this week. Um, This is really all the time we should devote to Washington. Two things that have popped up right here, BLG, as we are finishing recording. First of all, nobody claimed Odell Beckham Jr. He is a free agent. Uh, so we will see where he ends up. Lots of reports that he prefers the Green Bay Packers, uh, to anybody, the Packers, I believe are done with NFC East play this year as they already played Washington and the East does not play the North. So, uh, any NFC East team that would see him would see him in the playoffs. Also BLG relative to the NFC East just now, the Dallas Cowboys added kicker Greg Zerline to the reserve COVID list. Uh, mm. so Cowboys could be without their kicker this coming week against the Falcons, the same kicker who won them their game against the Falcons last year with the watermelon kick. And then the game winning field goal.
2: So maybe, uh, actually a good thing though, because Mike McCarthy has relied on Greg Zerline too much this year.
1: You think so? I don't think so at all. I, I think that, you know, I guess if there's anybody he hasn't relied on, it's been Brian anger, their punter, but, um, I mean, not a good thing. Well, I know you're not saying well, that. You but don't I
2: like- mean, you don't like Zerline being on the team, I feel like. I feel like because you think it's like a, you know, like a, like a, uh, nepotism thing, bias thing. Well,
1: yeah. he is, he has kind of justified his play this year.
2: I mean, I'll say okay. that,
1: but like that, that take has not aged well. Um, but still, I mean, you know, you don't want to be down your kicker when when you're like as committed to a kicker as the Cowboys are. You know, if it's, if it's like, the Washington Football Team, who, by the way, today on the day we're recording, moved on from Chris Blewett, as if you know that was ever going to work out. It's the worst you know, thing. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're in, if you're just like rotating kickers the way some teams do throughout the year, you're fine. But like, this is this is a kicker who the Cowboys feel like is among the very best ones in the NFL. So this is a little bit unideal.
2: All right. So that's the big news we have at the end of the show. Unless you have something else up your sleeve. No, no. Uh, it's just you know another week in the NFC East, baby um i mean who who isn't loving this i mean who
1: who isn't you know and Everyone. i i take i take it back you know we could see odell play the nfc east uh there have been some rumors uh that he would wind up in seattle the yes. seahawks do visit the football team on monday night football a
2: few weeks from now so you know you well, got that going speaking of seattle what i Bring this up to you because this is uh, an Eagles thing that popped up last week and kind of got a little, I would say, buried because of Aaron Rodgers and and a lot and then Henry Rogers and a lot of ah. other things were going on last week. But kind of a big thing to come out was a conversation. I don't know if you caught this. um So right after the trade deadline, Adam Schefter did a podcast with you know his fellow NFL uh, NFL insider Chris Mortensen uh, for ESPN, and on the Adam Schefter podcast, Schefter like they started out by talking about the Sean Watson that situation and everything. And then they transitioned off of that and were like, what about the two quarterbacks that might be available also after this year and uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. And Schefter didn't even set up Mortensen like who specifically to talk about there or which team or like he didn't preface anything. He just like threw it up. He just threw it to Mort to go wherever he wanted and Mort took it to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks specifically like he wasn't asked about like you know where Russell Wilson could go and the Eagles were mentioned as one of the teams like I'm preface I'm I'm setting all this up because like it just seems to me like that's really interesting when you have like an insider just make that connection without even being prompted specifically to make that so uh, I thought that was interesting and I mean it's not interesting from the standpoint of like we know the Eagles have long liked Russell Wilson Um, and Russell Wilson's really good. So like, it's not like shocking or anything, but like, it's out there seems kind of noteworthy to me. And also, honestly, it's probably just like, it is the Eagles best path to getting a really good quarterback. Realistically.
1: Um, it is very quickly on, I have some thoughts here, but just, I just saw this on the Greg Zerline thing. That's literally happening as a recording, uh, according to Michael Gelke of the Dallas morning news, the Cowboys are holding a kicker workout Wednesday that likely will wow. determine their kicker this Sunday versus the Falcons. Um, I don't want to read into anything. Obviously this is a hot topic in the NFL these days. Um, that would lead me to assume that Greg Zerline is not vaccinated if he's already ruled out you know what I mean? Or if they're already willing to rule him out, because if you are, you could test uh, negative 24 hours apart. Obviously, there would be, you know, time for that if, if this were the case, but um, so that's not an official report or anything, just you know, a, a bit of a speculation here, but we'll see. Uh, stay tuned to blogandtheboys.com and we'll keep you updated there, but um, I have long assumed, BLG, we've been talking about this, like even before the, the, the mixtape was born, like that Russell Wilson is going to be a giant or an eagle next year, right? Like we've, we've thought that for a long time um, and I am looking forward Honestly, to if he's a giant for the headline where you trash the idea of New York trading for him and you're like, this is such a stupid move, blah, blah. I wouldn't uh, say that. <laughs> I One of the things that you and I have in common is that we both love Russell Wilson. It would greatly pain me to watch him play for either one of these two teams. But like, I don't know why i say this sincerely. I don't know why Russell would want to go to Philly. Oh, I mean, yeah, like he shouldn't. Like, the, the, I can understand, like, it's not like New York's a great football culture, but, like, there's a benefit to him to go into New York at the very least. I know it's not New York, but, like, there is a level of brand association with being a New York giant. And so, like, I could totally see that. I don't see any motivation towards him wanting to go to Philly.
2: I agree. The only thing that uh, – so Mortensen actually kind of addressed that a little bit because, obviously, Russell Wilson has a no-trade clause, and that's relevant for people who didn't know um, that – his best thing towards that was like, well, it's kind of close to New York. (laughs) I was like, okay, great. Uh, I mean, it needs not like, I mean, yeah, it's not like super far, but like, yeah, it's not some kind of allure or appeal here. So yeah, I totally agree from that perspective. I don't think it makes like much sense at all for Russell Wilson to want to come to Philly, but um, I mean, Eagles should obviously do everything they can move heaven and earth to get him on this team. Some people have been like, Oh, you can't give up these picks for Russell Wilson. I'm like, This is a future Hall of Famer who is only 32 and like quarterbacks are playing well into their late 30s in today's NFL. You have Tom Brady, who is obviously an anomaly, but still like he's 44. If there's anyone who like
1: dramatically wants to be Tom Brady in that in that capacity, it's Russell Wilson. And also Um, like this
2: big health freak and like weirdo. Yeah, it's him. So um, it's a no brainer to me. I don't think they can do it in terms again, like like him wanting to come here. But like it's like there shouldn't even be a debate. Like hundred percent guarantee if he is traded to the Eagles at some point, the
1: like announcement video on his social channels will be some <laughs> some like connection to Rocky. It'll be like him, you know, like <laughs> <He's> <laughs> tell me, yeah, yeah i will yeah, be like wearing the boxing gloves and be like, you know, there there's a new champion in this city or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that. It will be the lamest thing of all time. But it, it will be cool.
2: Will. It, um well but yeah be, be for you a secret Eagle saying it will be cool but um also the the go birds thing is already built in you know how like he says go hawks at the end of every press conference now he can just say go birds every time i think
1: so if he's a giant though he's he's a big g-man guy is he not like if he's a giant he's
2: like all about the g-man
1: if if that's the case
2: is that what he says at the end of his press conferences if he's no. a, a giant what does he say go oh, blue
1: no, go blue that's what it is like go blue holy crap and that's that and then he'll be like <laughs> and then he'll be like no, no, guys. Uh, I, I went to Wisconsin, you know, not, not that blue, huh? you know, New York Giants blue, huh? go, go Giants. You know, like that's, it's a <laughs> really
2: impersonation to Russell. <laughs> um,
1: Wow. Uh very last thing before we leave. Uh good week for the Cowboys kind of uh when it comes to draft watching uh with these teams. The Indianapolis Colts won. Looks like the Eagles are going to get a first round pick there, but they win so they move back in the order. The Miami Dolphins win, BLG. Big loss for you that they lost to the Houston Texans specifically mm. and to the Jacksonville Jaguars won, which uh really takes, you know, the the Dolphins out of contention for that number 1 overall pick. Seems like uh that's Houston's to to lose so to speak. The Chicago Bears almost won to push New York's pick back uh in 2022, but we are always still watching those things. Um are you just are you ready to assume that Indianapolis's first rounder is what Philly's getting at this point?
2: Barring a Carson Wentz injury, yeah. Like if he gets right. hurt, you know, in the next game, then he's out or the season, then no, obviously. But, um, barring any kind of stuff like that, I mean, it's on pace to happen in week 13. So, you know, we're only a couple, we're three weeks away or four weeks, whatever, four games away from that. So, yeah, it's, they're not going to bench him before this. I know the Titans have won here, but the Colts just won and the Colts get the Jags, I believe, this week. So there's a, I know they just beat the Bills, but there's a decent ch- chance, I think the Colts will win this game. Uh, and even if they don't, I still think they're kind of hanging around and I don't think so- there's going to,
1: Are you has the focus for Eagles fans now shifted towards rooting for Indianapolis to lose? Like now that now that you're kind of at that threshold, because like as Cowboys fans, we've accepted it's going to be a first round pick. So just have them win, be a playoff team, etc. But I think that transition should be happening for the Eagles at least.
2: I mean, I think, like, one more win. Like, if they beat the Jags this week, then I'm cool with that. Like, beat them just to, like, ensure that, you know, nothing weird is going to happen and Wentz is going to get bent. And then from there, I think they're good because they'll be 5-5 and and then lose every game possibly can at that point. Um, My question for you before we wrap up is that, like, are you, do you look at those picks by the Eagles and ever kind of like get nervous as a Not, cowboys? not at all. Not okay, at all. Okay. Well, I, all right. Then we'll let you took the wind out of the sails. But, and that's <laughs> fine. I wasn't like, I wouldn't say you had to be. Um, and there's obviously a Howie Roseman factor in there. But I just wanted to like set, preface this by saying, like, because when the Boston Celtics had a bunch of picks for a long time, you know, from the Brooklyn Nets trade, right. Um, I got worried about that as a Sixers fan. And obviously they kind of blew it. So it didn't, you know, manifest. But like, I was concerned because they had like all these picks. I'm like, man, like that's more than the Sixers have, even though the Sixers are going through this process and it feels just like Boston could be in the position to get a star. And again, it doesn't always happen because sometimes the teams mess it up or that person doesn't become available or that you trade for the wrong player in Kyrie Irving or whatever. um, Doesn't guarantee they're going to get it right. So it doesn't even make you like a little bit nervous that like they could get Russell Wilson because they have those picks. Like not saying it's like likely, but like just that that possibility exists. That's the worry is that they they cash out for a known
1: quantity. But if it's oh man, they're gonna they're gonna add three first round talents to this roster. Not worried at all. Like okay. I, like and and that's like you know you do this we do this we we both do similar content sometimes at, at our sites. Um, every week when I do the rooting guide for Blogging the Boys, you know, and this might be a little bit different now that the Cowboys are coming off of a loss, but all the last month BLJ it's been I'm rooting for the NFC's teams you know I'm, I'm rooting I want to see them hurt their draft pick and I don't you know I don't even care I'm not even concerning myself with the Colts or the Dolphins because Howie Roseman can't draft so who cares <laughs> like so no Cowboys fan is like preoccupied with the threat of of like draft damage from the Eagles but uh, mm-hmm. an acquisition of Russell Wilson say would, would be nerve wracking, especially if over the course of the rest of the season, Devontae Smith turns into something. And if there's anybody who I think Jalen Rager stands a, tans- or a chance to kind of like <laughs> turn into something with, it's Russell Wilson. And so, because like, I, I, I could see it now too. Like, you know, the Sports Center tweet, the like, who's stopping this offense? And it's like, it's like a, a photo of Russell and yeah. Devontae and uh, Rager sure. and Miles Sanders and Goddard. Like, and yeah. then it will be really, that's, that's a really predictable <laughs> thing.
2: I hate those so much every year, every offseason, just like always players who who are in those. And it's just like, just because you post a like a picture of a player doesn't mean they're good. Like it's, people do this all the time. A,
1: a similar thing happens with like, and this happened I'm not saying Von Miller's not a good player. He went to the greatest school in the world, but it like all last week it was like and the Rams have, you know, <laughs> Aaron Donald, who has led the NFL in pressures since 2014, and they just added Von Miller, who's led them in the like since 2011. It's like you know that 2021 Von Miller isn't like 2013 Von, or that wasn't a great Von Miller, but like, you know, like he's a different dude now. You know what I mean? Like that, that would be like, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but that'd be like the 49ers signing Jerry Rice and being like the Niners just signed the NFL's all time leader in receiving yards. You know what I mean? Like, like you can't grandstand that way and feel like, and, and like, make it make sense today. Like time happens.
2: Oh, I would also say like, this is very, those kind of, pictures and everything are very kind of like NBA stuff. Because it actually matters. Like if you have three really good players in the NBA, team's probably gonna be like really, really good and have a chance to win the championship. Whereas like the NFL, and I'm thinking of back to like let's say like Namdi and DRC mm-hmm. and uh and Vince Zante, young. Obviously Don't forget gets, Vince Young. Oh well yeah who famously played cornerback. Um like uh like obviously those players didn't work out but even if they were good let's say it, it's a good trio of players like It doesn't necessarily matter because, like the end, there's so much parody in the NFL. It's just like, okay, it's a good unit, but it doesn't mean like they're. It's like it's always framed as like, who could possibly stop this now, or who could deal with this? And it's like, I don't know, a bunch of teams probably could because (laughs) it's the NFL. The
1: answer is the Denver Broncos. That's who can stop
2: you. Um, Nice, Um, good mixtape.
1: Good job, Volume Thirty in the book. Survivor sucks. We covered it all. Uh, BLG. The the last six words. It's got to be six words belong to you so make them good make them great because we're signing off as soon as you get them out
2: i do not want to say see you next week